Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. Good day, everyone. Good day. Good day. Good day, (laughs) blokes, mates. Um, Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. We have another uh, fresh audio candy for your ear holes today mm. uh earlobes yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just think the intro is getting more awkward every time <laughs> we should be getting just, better at this not worse no, i don't yeah it's you getting know, worse and worse that's ben hardman's voice uh he's he's the uh voice res- of reason, <laughs> the, critical voice of reason. Voice for, the critical voice from atlanta yeah he's the uh <laughs> pastor in the sun belt ben sternke's with me as well i'm here i'm matt tebby and today we're joined by our friend and uh, co collaborator, uh, cons- co conspirator, inventor of Bitcoin, Josh Schuler. <laughs> Josh, did I get all that right? Oh, that's yes. Me, Al Gore invented the internet and I invented Bitcoin. <laughs> I hear your little startup's doing pretty well. No, Josh, why don't you give us an introduction, uh, who you are, what you do, and then we can set up our conversation today. Okay. Well, let me, I would start with like how I even know who you guys are. Yeah, let's do Good that. Good call. Is that so? Andy Knoffmeyer, who's my high school best friend, is part of your church. Yes, the table, the table the in table Indianapolis. In yep. Indy. Yep. yep. And I, I had not talked to Andy for a while. Like you know, like like you do right after high school, you kind of know where people are. And right. this is actually a positive Facebook story. Ooh. Is we I need, reconnected to Andy on Facebook. Yeah, I reconnected to Andy on Facebook, and we just have been talking over the last couple of years. And then he was telling me about these crazy guys. <laughs> who are trying to think about church differently. And I mean, and everybody says they're trying to think about church differently. Um, so there's there's some inherent skepticism in that. But uh, the more I saw how he showed up and and the kind of things that he talked about, I was like, no, actually, there, there actually is maybe something different here. And that connected me to you guys to wow. want to know more about what you're doing. And um, 
and and now now I've drunk the Kool Aid. Like I'm all about it, <laughs> dude. That is amazing. That is that's a really encouraging story. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when when the fruit when the fruit comes from uh, people you're investing in, like that's really encouraging. Yes. Yeah. Well, and if you don't have those stories, then you're not you're not making a dent. Hmm. Right. It's just in your head, and it's all theory, and so there has to be result. <laughs> yes. It's just, Great. It's, yes. That's so, part of what I like about Josh. He's those, all about results. Yeah. Well, just the, those statements, like, well, hey, you're not making a dent if if it's not if it's not really happening. It's not really happening. Let's talk about it. It's just I aspirational and yeah. If it's I love just that. a Jay Beebs T-shirt yeah. and a rock song. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's yeah. That's why. That's part of what I appreciate about you, Josh. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. So, Josh, where do you live? What do you do? Um, what What do you spend most of your time doing? So, I'm in Northern Colorado in Fort Collins, which has consistently been ranked as like one of the top ten places in the United States to live, uh, which has made our housing prices just ridiculous. <laughs> and I, so you know how people like they they are asked that question like, "What do you do?" And it's always a challenge to say what it is that you do. Hmm. Yes. For, for a lot of people. And I, I, I want to say that I have more challenge around that than most um, because the, the context that I'm in are foreign to a lot of people. And so that's, that's an inherent challenge. The, the easiest way that I can say, describe it is that I spend a lot of time around money <laughs> and um, trying, trying to uh, use money to find more money to be able to do things that lead to lasting long-term value. So how that, how that is in different contexts. So the context that I know you guys in is um, that I, I work with a company called new fire giving, and we are uh, trying to counter what we call the church giving epidemic, which we can talk more about. Like there is a, there's a 30 year old recession in funding churches so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a pastor and you're like, man, I'm I, like the ministry supply is uh, always not meeting the ministry demand. That's not just you, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be a broader thing that's going on and has been going on for 30 years that you don't even know about. Uh, so I, 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 we do a lot of that stuff, trying to help churches in that. And then I spend most days, uh, I mean, you guys can't see it, but I'm, I'm looking at screens and squiggly lines of uh, futures markets. So futures are a tradable instrument. So like you may have heard people say, I bought this stock, mm-hmm. you know, I bought Apple at a, you know, a hundred dollars a share and I sold it. At, you know, so similar thing, it's just a different type of product that allows you to express a, an opinion on basically the world economy. So I, I can trade just about, I can trade weather. It's, it's really bizarre. Um, <laughs> that is bizarre. And then I, which, which leads me into lots of interesting conversations about gambling because everybody, you know, like when I talk to people, yeah. they're like, oh, well, you just gamble. And, and we get to have really robust conversations about how all of life is a gamble. And mm-hmm. you're just uncomfortable with what I do because the cycle of risk is tighter than what you're used to experiencing. Yeah. And then um, the last last thing that I do is a, an organization called Agora, which um, we we help companies buy other companies. And we help owners of companies who have built value over their you know, long period of time, help them uh, gain value for themselves as they're exiting that, but like leave the value of what they created in place. Yeah. Hmm. So um, it is, it, that is a, a fascinating place because um, I mean, you, you may have heard of like mergers and acquisitions and companies buying companies and uh, 70% 
of mergers and acquisitions fail to return to the buyer the value intended. So when people are like, yeah, this company bought us and then they just shut, you know, they shelled everybody out of it or, you know, the company went downhill after we merged. Like, yeah, that's a pretty consistent story. Hmm. And, wow. and so we're trying to, all, all, of the, all of these endeavors are from a, you know, Christocentric ethos hmm. and which, which people get that on the church giving stuff. But when I talk about buying companies and, and selling companies and we talk about uh, futures markets, like that's a, that's a harder thing for people to understand. Yes. Because they're just like, well, it's yeah. just carnal, and you're, you know, sinful, and you're what's wrong with the world. You're or, sleeping with mammon. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's easy for me to understand, Josh, because I play fantasy football, so it's kind of the mm. same thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's almost, it's a game almost exactly. So, <laughs> so Josh, uh, what what you saying? You're doing basically, basically, you did invent Bitcoin. That's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, Actually, since- I was looking at. I I'll, I'll send you a chart of Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course wrote, you will. <laughs> well, I, and I, I wrote, I actually, so one part of the futures thing is I also teach people who want to learn how to trade futures. And, the, and we, I don't think we've disclosed this yet, but I used to be a pastor. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. A, a pastor in the vocational sense in that I was employed by a church and got my paycheck from a, from a 501c3 registered church. Uh, I still pastor, but, but where I'm pastoring now is uh, somebody says, hey, I shorted natty, natural gas and it moved three handles, and now I'm down $15,000. What do I do? Hmm. Um, and, and so I spend lots of time with all these wonderful people who have come to markets for all kinds of reasons. And, and I really spend time pastoring them yeah. and supporting them and encouraging them. And life ran them over. Only in this case, it was the market that ran them over. Hmm. And they're trying to find their way. So I'd love to... I'd love to talk a little bit more specifically about um, like giving generosity in the church and kind of yeah. how, you know, some of the stuff that you're seeing. You mentioned that we're in this downward trend um, and a lot of our, some of our listeners are pastors and so they mm-hmm. feel that in a certain way, right? Where they're like, man, this isn't as easy as it used to be. Um, I'm trying to fund this work, uh, trying to feed my kids sometimes, you know, like like all of those kinds of things. But I think also a lot of our listeners are, are not pastors. There are people who kind of see this from the other side of, you know, it's kind of a, a trope or a cliche that like pastors are always looking for money and we're always you know, talking about money and we're always, you know, trying to get people to give money to the church, that kind of thing. So, so the church and money have this interestingly sort of tense relationship. And especially now because the trends are declining giving, you know, across, how many years did you say? It's like 30, 30 years. So this is, it's, it's like, this isn't a temporary dip. This isn't like, oh, 2008 happened and now we're back to normal. No, this is like something that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. So I'd love to hear, like, what are you learning about the church's relationship to money and how, how we can start to think differently about that in the church, both as leaders in the church uh, who are responsible yeah. to raise budgets and stuff, but also like people who, you know, they're just coming to church and they're trying to figure out, like, like how, how, does, my, how does my money interact with my faith? Well, how does that work? Yeah. And th- so this, that's a great question. It's related to this whole idea of trends mm. and, and what we do with that is. So in the last week I have been called a harlot, uh, one without God, one without God, mm. a prophet of Baal. Oh. What is wrong with the church in America? 
And you are what is wrong with the church in America? I, I personally am what is wrong with what the church in America. I've been trying to figure it out. Now I know. Josh, listen, so, and, Josh, Josh, I have days with my kids like that too. They say really <laughs> awful stuff. And you just you just have to not take so, it. So you've been, you've said, you, people have said this about you because of your work in the markets and stuff? No, actually, because of my work trying to help the church. For, with New Fire Giving? Yeah. Okay. And and, wow. and it's because because we see very clearly these trends and we go, guys, th- so so if I if the practices of the church to fund itself have have largely been unchanged for decades, mm-hmm. at the same time that the results are worse and worse and worse and worse. So you're just out there pointing this out to people. So we're pointing this out and we're saying, okay, so maybe maybe the paradigms and practices and the way that we, the language that we use needs some re-examination. Mm. You know, is, is that, is that, is that possible? Um, because like, just for example, in the last 30 years, the amount of giving going to church. So charitable giving in the United States, by the way, charitable giving in the United States is at an all time high. Hmm. No, there's just never been a churches. time in the United States history where more people have given charitably. Like percentage wise or just total number, total number. Okay. Now, now that's a good question because you talk about percentage wise. So, percentage of charitable giving has been pegged at about two percent of GDP for about fifty years, mm-hmm. which that's pretty low. Um, but as GDP, the, the the gross domestic product of the country has increased, and we can have a fantastic conversation about what GDP measures. That's not helpful, <laughs> but because um, yeah. it because it you know it measures nuclear bombs, but it doesn't me- measure marriages. Yeah. Um, but that's because that's grown. So Dang. the hashtag America. Dang. Hashtag America. <laughs> wow. Okay. So so that 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 total dollar figure has gotten higher. Yes. Um, in 1990, 67% of that went to churches. Okay. Today, 32% of that goes to churches. Wow. Dude. Wow. Say that again. In 1990, 67% of charitable all giving. charitable giving went to churches. Today, 32% does. That's like 20, 28 years. That's a huge decline huge in decline. percentage. And, yeah. and there are 55,000 more churches. Okay. My bad. Yeah. We're one of those. Uh, oh. church so 55,000 um, more churches are getting... More churches than in 1990 is, getting half 100, a third. $120 billion dollars less to play with every year. $120 okay. billion dollars less in okay. 28 yeah. years. Yeah. You're such a heretic. <laughs> Prophet of Baal. Well, here's, here's, where the, here's where the heresy is. Here's where the heresy is. So I say, okay, you talk about tithing and giving. You should stop talking about them as being the same thing they're not. Hmm. And, right, and church, say more about church, that. So churches churches use, so that the, for those who have been um, lucky to never been encountered to this idea, so the, there's this notion of something called a tithe, Mm-hmm. which we find in the scripture, which denotes the, the giving of resources out of response if something happened. So the first place we see this is Abram, after, after he's at war, mm-hmm. um, encounters this character called the Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. And he gives this guy um, a tenth or a, basically 10% of the spoils of war, whatever that is. Um, and, you know, there you, you, there, this is the first place this is set. And then in the, in the Levitical law, they talk about the idea of these tithes that are given, these, these tents that are given. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they fund uh, the operation of the temple. Sometimes they fund a, 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 an ancient version of social security. Sometimes they actually set aside money 
for immigration, mm-hmm. right? And and then there's these passages, like there's passage of Malachi, where where the people of God are um, like thrown under the bus because they didn't they didn't tithe, and they're like, why don't you trust God? You should tithe. So so today, so all of that's like the ancient narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then today, churches will talk about this practice of a por- you know portioning a, a portion of what your income is to give to the church. Mm-hmm. Right. This this is problematic. So so if if you look at like rabbinical midrashes talking about tithing, so if you look in the Jewish tradition, when they talk about tithing, as you do, as you do, as you do <laughs> the the etymology of the tithe has to do with the fact that you have ten fingers. So it, it, it's it's an incredible practice and recognition of the the product of the work of my hands, mm-hmm. and it and it's an ever present recognition of the blessings around that, the responsibility of that, and so and, and a recognition that there's there's greater needs beyond what I need mm-hmm. it, out of the work that I do. So there's mm-hmm. we can have a fantastic conversation about how wonderful tithing is as a practice. Right. Of faith yes. to right. connect ourselves to the work of our hands. I think I figured out why you're being called a prophet of all. If you're, yeah. if you're telling churches in order to be biblical, they have to set aside ten percent of their income to support immigration. That that can get you in trouble <laughs> yeah. in the current climate, yeah. Josh. <laughs> you, you you would think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so there, so there's that, and then then today we have uh, churches. Now there's some mental g- gymnastics you guys know that churches do between the first century origination of the church and uh, local assemblies today that are registered with the government as 501c3 nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a different, right? different beast. It's a different, it's a different beast. And they, 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 they've got all the, all the language to say how they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and while I would, I would argue there's nothing prohibiting uh, the establishment of these things. It's, it's actually there's, we have great liberality around that to do to to do that. There's there's nothing prohibiting it. It's a, it's a, a fun way to express. Um, it isn't always the most helpful, and everything that we talk about isn't one to one. So when you take tithing, they mm-hmm. they look at um, these practices of the tithe, specifically the Levitical tithe, which is one that was given to the Levites who were the tribe in charge of running the temple. Mm-hmm. And they use this as a well. If you're, you know, a follower of Jesus, you should tithe and give to the church. So this is a this is an act of maturation. It's a way that you support our work. And they'll use language like, um, you know, we give because you know out of response of what God has given. But there's always this like uh, wink and a nudge that we give to this organization. Oh yeah. So the tithe the tithe means we give to this organization, um, which. I, okay, so there's some philosophical problems with this. One is that the church is post-temple. Mm-hmm. So as Christians, we are to embrace, I, I believe, a, a post-temple way of viewing the world. Like the veil was torn in the temple when Jesus was crucified. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what does that right? mean for my money? Yeah, so I'm a, it's a post-temple ideology. So, the, I, so trying to say that tithing to a church, tithing and tithing to a church— are con- are connected and necessary. I-, I think is you got you got some serious theological problems and philosophical problems there. Yeah. So 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 there's no problem like tithing as a practice of a disciple for me to set aside a percentage of my income, and yes. for that to be ten percent. 
That wonderful. is actually a wonderful practice, a, a wonderful beautiful thing practice. that connects me to the needs of others, that, yep. that makes me realize that uh, the Lord has given me the ability to work. You know, the work of my hands is not just yep. my own stuff. Like yep. I, I'm reliant on others and others are reliant on me. And so let's, mm-hmm. let's sh- that's a beautiful practice. Beautiful but practice. to try to draw a straight line from that 10% needs to go to whatever local 501c3 organization that you attend most often. Yep. is not necessarily a helpful obligation to lay on people. Is that what you're saying? No, that's right. Josh, okay. if you're, but if you're going to take away guilt as the main lever I use <laughs> as a pastor to, to make sure that my salary gets paid. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. why you're getting called a heretic. Oh, that's <laughs> what I'm getting called. Yeah, I mean... It, that's what I'm getting called. So, so what I'm doing is I'm taking, I'm taking away the... the I'm trying to, to de- disassociate giving to the church to this obligation. practice of tithing, this obligation of tithing. I mean, Paul talks... Of, I mean... The, you know, Jesus, Jesus confronts somebody around tithing. Like the only time that Jesus talks about tithing and he talks about tithing in, in relation to justice, mm. right? In Luke. And he says, okay, I, you know, I, I wish you tithe, but you forsake justice. I wish that you had not forsaken ju- justice as you tithe. And you can, mm-hmm. I think it does not a stretch to say that if Jesus had to pick between the two, he would pick justice. Yeah. Then tithing. But, you know, and then Paul, Paul doesn't ever talk about tithing. Paul talks about giving. Yes. Right? And he talks about giving in, in relation and response to the need. And in Galatians, he talks about this, you know, we carry our load and we t- take care of the burdens of others. Like mm-hmm. there's, a, there's personal responsibility at play so that we are not a burden to others. In fact, we have margin to carry the burdens of others. Yes. Those are better arguments for funding a church mm-hmm. than the tithe. Yeah. And I, I find churches that are, that use, they'll use Malachi 3.10 as a reason to fund their church, which, uh, by the way, nobody talked about Malachi 3.10 as a reason to fund the church before Oral Roberts hmm. in the 60s. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know that. Can you remind us what Malachi 3.10? I mean, most of our listeners have the Old Testament memorized, but for yeah. a, th- a few people that don't. So so <laughs> the so the Joshua paraphrase is, um, don't rob from God by forsaking to tithe and that you should tithe. This is one thing that you could test God in and see that he will be faithful to you mm-hmm. if you tithe. Yes. There's a couple oh, things and yeah. in how it's interpreted that are really troubling is one. Yeah. It's like, okay, do this to manipulate the result that you want out of God yep. by doing this practice. Yep. And then, and then the pastors will use it as a, as a, a charge against someone as this is a thing that you're doing wrong and you're robbing from God. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Right. Like, Take all my money, Josh. Oh my gosh, this is the stuff that it's like it's really scary. So you know what I, what I'm saying is, okay, guys, this is the language and these are the paradigms we've been using for the last 50 years, while the results are getting worse and worse and worse. So we've been running Oral Roberts playbook, and it's yep. and it's not working. It's not working. Yeah, maybe we should diff- get a different playbook. And and it was damaging to begin with, <laughs> right? Like the Poor fear, exegesis. guilt, well, I, shame. Actually, I don't. I mean, I I think and. I, I want to be fair to Oral Roberts. I mean, I think Oral <laughs> Roberts was, um, good it, yeah. and and the, and the work in the intent where he was. I think there was some just like just like anybody. There's stuff that we can go. Oh man, yeah. that was kind of yucky. Yeah, yeah. Like when he said, you know, if if people don't give me a million dollars by this date, God's going to take me home. Mm-hmm. Oh, not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's there's. But I he had, was fun at barbecues, and I, he, bar- I had. I mean, the guy. He had a good joke. He threw some really good I, pool parties. I think, I think he did what we all we all do around this ancient faith is that <laughs> yeah. we try to find language that can reconnect people in new ways, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. he was successful at that. But the, the thing about that is because it was a new way. Mm. Over time, it doesn't have the 
it doesn't have the intent that it originally had mm. and the result is diminished. And that's, so at that point we good. go, hey, yeah. we need a new language. So I had it's trunk, right? Just just like what we do with the gospel in so many different ways. And 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 it's no wonder that giving is declining at the rate that it's declining at when the ask is not the correct ask. Right. Right. And we're not we're not offering people a a, a beautiful picture of what it actually does look like for us to give. Mm. Yep. And what it does look like for a community of faith to unite around that community and mm. give and serve and bless and sacrifice, mm-hmm. we're, we're giving them rules and regulations and restrictions. That's right. Yeah. Which would be old paradigm stuff, right? Oh, it's old yeah. paradigm stuff. I got in trouble for this. My, my wife and I had a, a couple come over to our church, um, and they were asked, they were kind of grilling us about our church. And uh, Fr- friendly grilling. Well, yeah, I mean, it was. It's like, what? What do you guys think about this? And what do you guys think about that? We were grilling, and she. We were then we were talking. Oh, grilling. Okay, all right. Well, we were grilling meats. Yeah, I grilled some meats. Okay, and then we were talking about this, <laughs> yeah. and she actually brought this up, Josh. <laughs> what do you think about the tithe? Like, what? what do you guys, whatever. And I kind of went on this tithe rant, very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. And I just said, uh, we don't demand anybody tithe. And I tried to uh, propose this, whatever. And my wife, who's the treasurer of our church. She's like glaring at me as I'm talking. And then later that night, she's like, you realize what you just did. She's the, They've been coming to our church for two months. They've been giving the most money of anybody in our church. And what you just did was she heard you say, you don't have to give money to the church. And I was like, no, 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 no. Guess what? Six months, they didn't give any money to the church. Hmm. Six months. Until, until I actually had to go back and say, uh... <clears throat> Yeah. Remember that conversation on my back porch? Yeah. Uh, here's what I didn't intend to communicate. Yeah. Right. So, I, so Josh, I guess what I'm saying is like this is a tricky thing. So you went back in Oral Roberts' turn. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I either we either legislate a tithe. Um, you know, one of my ideas is just to read the story of Ananias and Sapphira every week and then pass around the plate <laughs> and just see what yep. people, you know, just see what the Holy Spirit stirs <laughs> in your heart. Uh, that, that's another one. I tell people don't pass a plate anymore. Mm. Yeah. Say more about that. So. Okay, I mean this. This isn't just about this. is This is how conversations about money can lead us to conversations about lots of other things in life. Is that most people have a very narrow historical window of mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. So, so they look at the practices that we do in faith now, and they assume, they make assumptions that that's how we always did it. Right. And and there's all kinds of things that the American church, our our way of expression, especially in the evangelical stream, that did not exist prior to the Civil War. Hmm. And and one of those is passing a plate. This practice of passing a plate. So uh, up until about 1836, just about every church in the United States was funded by the U.S. government. Like your taxes paid for churches. Really? Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. That's so, amazing. That is amazing. Let's put- well, and you think you think that you that that wouldn't be the case because of the establishment clause in the in the Constitution right. that says that we should not you know the Separation. free exercise of religion. Yeah, yeah. But but the but the difference was it was the establishment of a national church because remember they're coming from England where right. they're the, they're the Church of England, the Anglican Church. They don't yeah. want the Church of America, but they're totally cool with churches with local parishes. Yeah, they were Congregationalists, not uh, they didn't want right. bishops. Puritans, we don't want right. bishops. Puritans, right? Yeah. Okay. But then, you know, about the 1830s, people start to have, you know, they go, well, maybe this should include local churches too. And hmm. it, it, this is actually one of the things that, that it's, it's a small part, but it's part of what is fueling us leading towards civil war. Um, and so they remove this clause. They remove this practice. 
And so churches have to find, stops funding churches. Government stops funding churches. So they have to start finding different ways to fund themselves. Um, and they, they try all kinds of uh, things. <laughs> some of them, some of them still exist today. Uh, the purchasing of pews. Yeah. Right. And, you, and, and you placing your name, your name yeah. you get your name on the pew, right? Uh-huh. Like some churches still do this today. Like they'll want to buy a building and they'll like, want, like everybody buy a chair and then you put your name on the chair, right? Right. Um, or, you know, somebody buys a building, they put their name on the building. All right. So that, I mean, you just hear these practices and you go, okay, there's, while I see that that's a creative way to raise funds, there's some down the road, there could be some problems with this mm-hmm. around status and mm-hmm. hierarchy that are antithetical to those, the position of others above, you know, yeah. or, or taking a second position. So then we, you know, we get through civil war and stuff like that. And then other things that start, they start doing were like pledge books. So ple- like annually, a local congregation would have a book almost like the book of life mm-hmm. that was in the back of the, 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 wherever they gathered that had what everyone pledged they would give for the year. Kind of publicly you seen. And publicly known. seen. You could see this book and you mm-hmm. could see it's like an open ledger of what someone had pledged. And which, you know, again, that can be effective and also be really, you know, problematic. And then they start passing a plate to collect because they just, they need funds. Hmm. So they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're actually connecting to this, you know, second Corinthians, like if anybody has need and mm-hmm. so they're passing a plate to say, we have need. Yeah. We're shaking people down right here, mm-hmm. right here. Right. And, and, you know, it, it's while we're together, it's right here. So, so they're doing these things, but it's not, they're all, they're all practices out of response to the need of what we're trying to do that then decades and a century later become ingrained into our paradigm. Right. Now it's, it's just what we do yeah. and we don't we're not really sure why. Yeah. And then we reverse engineer yes. all, all of the theology around why that should have been the paradigm the whole time instead of yeah. going, actually, you know what? We didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so because we didn't do that, it doesn't mean that we, we don't have to keep doing that if it's not working. So, yeah. so this, could be, this could be the problem of the church summed up in like one sentence. Contextualized innovation to meet a timely need becomes mm-hmm. institutionalized and crystallized as yep. a timeless practice. And then we yep. look for rationale or reason for why God commanded it. Yes. Yes. So scarcity theology leads to bad methodology. That's what it is. <laughs> so the, we don't have, we don't have the methods to reach to, 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 to speak to the abundance of what the father has. And so our theology, which is actually bad theology actually leads us to bad methodology, yep. which is, practice and then it just becomes common practice and it becomes the liturgy of what we do week after week that's right hmm. yeah that's the tradition i mean you know uh, being being a protestant we pride ourselves on protesting tradition but we are i mean we really have traditions we don't even assumptions that we don't even look at reckon with ask yeah. questions about right yeah uh hmm. so josh if okay so yeah can you in the time the little time we have left yeah like, uh, what should we do so, obviously, the data is not great for churches, <laughs> but doesn't look but, good, guys. It doesn't. It doesn't look good. Um, but here, here are some here are some uh, practices or, or questions that you could ask. And th- this is whether you're a pastor or if you're part of a church, and you're like, I want to help them do their work and mm-hmm. talk about it in a way that um, gets gets a better theology, which leads to better practice. Mm-hmm. Hardman, that was that was. I'm glad we're recording this because I'm going to like tattoo that later. Mm. Neck tattoo on your body. Yeah, oh yeah, your that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, face tattoo. <laughs> so, so one of the things that's that's really interesting when you look at and like the Lilly Foundation in Indianapolis, there are uh, the look at philanthropic giving. Mm -hmm. They're a big contributor to this. So they look at the trends of where stuff is. What what they notice is that impact giving is on the rise. Like interest in giving towards organizations that are making a distinct impact in people's lives Mm. are, are, that's where the giving dollars is going. One one of the fastest growing nonprofits in the United States is a group called Charity Water which yeah. I'm, I'm sure some of the you know, listeners have had have know about here. Here's the cha- Here's the competitive challenge that the church is facing in funding their mission. So I can go give money to charity water who can then put a well of drinking water in a community that the next day will reduce the infant mortality rate by 50%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you articulate that kind of impact from giving to your church? Hmm. Now, I, I look at church websites all the time, and I would say like the first thing that I notice is there is very little, there, there's all language around like showing how do you go up on Sunday, and here's the places that we meet, but there is almost never language on here's the dent that we are making. Mm-hmm. So if you think about, if you think, you have to start thinking like the person who's going to give, not from the paradigm of the person who is trying to get people to give. Yeah. Right? So you have to think, like, like think, think if you go out to, uh, dinner with your family, like you, you know, a good experience eating out and you know, a bad one, mm-hmm. right. From the buyer's perspective. So you have to think like a buyer's perspective, the giver is the buyer mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you can use market language because you're a 501 C three, you're a organization mm-hmm. in a sense. You're having to market the story of here's what we're doing. And you're trying to attract buyers to support that work. So yeah. if, if people are not supporting it, it's because they don't believe in it. Yeah. Right, right. Here's a here's a little story about this, Josh. My neighbor um, recently told me he goes, "Are you are you still worshiping in uh, in your church? Are you guys still meeting every Sunday?" I said, "Yeah," and he had told me about a year ago that he had started going to this large new startup church, like a you know a multi million dollar building, seating for you know a thousand people. They've already got three services. He's like, "Yeah, we stopped going there about three months ago." I said, "Why?" He said, "Well." They, and I'm, this guy's always super like kind and nice, but he got physically agitated and he told me, he said, well, they got up on stage and they told us that they had done some poor projections financially and they weren't meeting their budget and they mm-hmm. needed us to give more in order to fulfill all the things that they wanted to do this year. And he, and he, was, and he was really upset that they were offloading their financial mismanagement onto the yeah. congregation and asking right. them to fix it for them. Hmm. Yeah. Which is a scarcity mentality, right? They weren't mm-hmm. talking about, here's all the good we're doing. Here's how you can yep. partner with us financially. They yep. were saying, yep. hey, we need more of your money to make yep. our church continue to work. Right. Or just to pay, pay the bills. And he left and he, he won't go back. Hmm. Yeah. 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 So the work, the work for the church is to, is to articulate, here's the unique contribution that we are making for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And here are stories of where that's happening. And and if you resonate with these types, you want to see more of these stories, this is a reason to support the work that we're doing. Yeah. Like get rid of the language that says, you know, we could, you know, like, especially if you have like a in-service talk that's talking about, you know, giving, right. that's really what it is. It's here, here's the time when we're going to receive your payment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, which, oh, that's, uh, if you want to re- 
no, and this is one of the things contributing why the non-group of affiliation of religion is growing is because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, this is this just like just be have some intellectual integrity to say, mm-hmm. um, hey, this is the work that we're trying to do. Yeah. Here, you know, these are the types of stories. If that resonates with you and you want to be part of supporting that work, we would love to par- have you partner with us. Yeah, just say it like that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to talk about tithing. Talk about tithing in a different context as talk about it in the same breath as fasting and talk about it at the same time right. breath as solitude right. and liturgy and worship and service. Like talk yeah. it in those contexts. Mm-hmm. Don't don't have a 30 day tithe challenge. Mm. Yeah. You know, which I see these like, you know, 30 days of, you know, tithing, which which it's it's a tithe, it's again, it's always like 30 days of tithing to the church. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that practice is not supposed to be just for the church, even in the law, there were there were ties yeah. outside of yeah. that. So, articulating the impact that you're making, mm-hmm. uh, doing work there, that's that's the place to focus. Yeah. I also wonder, Josh, if if part of our work is is to build back trust, to for people to understand that when they give to the church, the dollars are actually going to something that makes a dent in the community. That yeah. it's not going for us to build bigger buildings or buy a new laser light or get the worship pastor some more skinny jeans yeah like it, mm. it's actually going to something that does make a difference and and yeah. I, I, as, as i speak to people I, I i just get a sense that the that one of the reasons maybe that that number is declining and people are choosing to give to other organizations is because they've lost trust that the church is actually doing the work that the church is called to do mm-hmm. yeah yeah that the transparency that i mean it's good that you said that transparency is key the, the scrutiny on the churches is connected to the fact that the impact is unclear. So right. like, you tell me Charity Water doesn't have admin expenses? Right. You tell me that World Vision doesn't have – no, but nobody asks those questions. Right. Why? Because, because the all impact they, is clear. The impact is clear. So the scrutiny comes that you know where people go, well, why are you mismanaging this? Why are you doing this? It's because we don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, so when so the trust is like when we when we talk about the impact and here's the transparency. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I mean, I we don't have enough time. I can tell you stories of churches that are are killing it from a funding perspective, that are that are, that are operating within this paradigm um, from a principle standpoint. Like I want to stay out say outside of formulas, but from right. from a principle standpoint, yeah. um, I mean they're they're countering the trends. I, I know a church in Wisconsin that went through a senior pastor transition. And the, the, the national stats are that when you go through a senior pastor transition from a founding pastor, you're going to lose about 20% top line revenue. Mm-hmm. And they saw an 11% bump through a three year long transition. Mm-hmm. And they never talk about money. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, okay, so what's going on there? Yeah. What'd they do? How'd they do it? I'm not going to tell you. No! It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I, I have an idea. Here, here's my proposal how they did it. Uh-huh. They put a huge poster board on their platform with a thermometer oh, yeah. that had, like, mm-hmm. it was really low, and then they had, like, they, they colored it in every week for people to give. Is that what they did? That's what they did. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. All about, <laughs> All, about All about the thermometer. <laughs> yeah, that's, this is good. Uh, and I think, I think, uh, I think par- part of this conversation is, you know, one of these... Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a fact of life, uh, for churches, um, that, you know, it's a fact of life for everybody, right? We, we all need money to kind of navigate the world today because yeah. of the way that we set up our society. Um, and I, I think this has been a helpful conversation in terms of how do we, 
you know, inside this new paradigm of what it means to be the church, uh, what it means to, to, to live and lead like Jesus, how does that transform then how we think and talk about money, you know, inside the church and as it relates to the church, as it relates to our, our own personal practices? It's been really helpful. So thanks, bro. Hey, guys. Appreciate you being with us. We love you, Josh. Thanks, yeah, man. Enjoy Fort Collins. Likewise. When y'all going to come out? I don't know, but I'd love to. I know, I know people in Colorado. We have to figure out a way to communicate to our church that there would be good impact if we yeah. visited Fort Collins. If we visited Fort Collins, <laughs> fund our trip to Fort Collins. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, peace. See you guys. See you guys. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you found it helpful, please let us know by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you do that kind of thing. And you can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com to ask a question or suggest a topic for a future episode. And join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful during the week. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. And FYI, my brother, Aaron Sternke, mixes and masters this podcast. Um, And he does this kind of thing, mixing, engineering, production, and scoring uh, for other people. And he's really good at what he does. If you want to check out his work uh, and request a quote, you can check him out at aaronsternke.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-S-T-E-R-N-K-E.com. We'll see you next time. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.